0: Welcome to episode 16 of Slaytanik Verkast, the internet's only comprehensive chronological retrospective of the world's greatest thrash metal band, the mighty Slayer. Most weeks we dissect a track from their back catalogue by playing through the song, analysing the lyrics and giving a final appraisal, though this week will be a little bit different. I'm Mo from France and to my west broadcasting from an abandoned oil rig somewhere in the North Sea? It's Dr. Lee What the hell are you up to?
1: Ah, well, um, since this oil rig went offline in 1968, um, I decided to do some research and try to find out why it had gone offline, because there it was on the edge of the Brent field at maximum production, or so I thought, Um, And I was curious as to why this oil rig out of the whole entire field should suddenly discontinue production. Mm -hmm. Um, My researches yielded results in the middle of last year um, when um, I began to discover that it appeared the reason it had been shut down, because it was not pumping oil, but in fact an odd viscous grey substance. Oh dear. Obviously, any mention of odd viscous grey substance um, gets the attention of, well, someone like me who is composed largely of viscous grey substance. <laughs> um, so um, anything that might give a clue as to the origins of my condition or a, a, a possible restorative for it mm-hmm. um, immediately piqued my interest. Sure, you're thinking um, maybe
0: you could slap this on as some kind of facial and, and, and suddenly some kind of flesh regeneration would occur?
1: Yeah, or possibly just roll around in it. <laughs> Absolutely, like a prime art. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so um, I'm here on the oil rig. Um, it was obviously already dark when I arrived. Um, and since there's no electricity, it's taken me until now to uh, rig up my, my, my rudimentary generator um, and sort of get some light and some basic electricity into the place, and then um, tomorrow morning at, at, at first light um, I shall uh, venture down into the drill head chamber mm-hmm. um, and see what is contained within.
0: Now, are, are you planning to claim this as your own territory in some way, to make it some kind of province?
1: No, I'm hoping to avoid anyone knowing that I was ever here at all. Okay, sure, sure. Disc- discretion is the best part of valour. Um, yeah. Um, so. The quandary I, I, I have now, or the, the, the great difficulty is, if it turns out that the, the mysterious grey goo is in some way restorative or regenerative and there is a sizable quantity of it that's been accumulating here since 1968, um, how am I actually going to get it back to shore? Of course, yeah. Ha, ha, have you tried eating this stuff? Have you, have you, have you sampled it? Um, I, I haven't even verified whether it's it's even there yet. Um, okay, as say, it's 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 taken me several hours just to get basic electricity so I can join in the podcast yeah. and to to um, to erect the antenna, obviously, um, and you know then to because I mean that the, this this place was not tidied up um, when it was abandoned, and you know it, sort of finding a working set of plans hasn't been easy. Um, accumulating a complete set of tools hasn't been easy either. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, tomorrow um, I intend to um, venture down into the, the, the bowels of the rig um, and as far as I can work out um, there's a 24 bolt flange um, that I have to open up um, before I can gain access to the, uh, the ventilation chamber that, that's, that's immediately above um, so effectively where the crude oil um, used to arrive in the rig um, before having the gas vented off um, and then being pumped into the pipe
0: what one of the strange things about your many mutations, from what you've told me, you have been imbued with superhuman strength, haven't you? So, you know, getting access shouldn't be a problem for you, surely?
1: No, definitely not. Um, I mean, um, I I struggled to operate even the most basic tools um, with 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 the paws and the flippers. Mm-hmm. Um, the paws and the flippers were not expedient, but uh, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, ever since the. Um, Uh, the last infusion of octopus DNA. Um, The tentacles um, sort of sprouting out of my forehead and from around my mouth have turned out to be very useful. And
0: your problem solving skills
1: have have peaked exponentially. Definitely they have, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, um, I I mean, if ever I can get myself to a stage where, um, I mean, I don't personally care what people think of my appearance, um, but Considering um, amongst my test subjects, uh, a surprising number of people appear to have heart attacks and die on the spot um, yeah. from the merest glimpse of me.
0: Yes, of course. I mean, you know, do you, you're, you're almost Lovecraftian, aren't you, in many ways?
1: Um, yeah, a, a, apart from the fact that I, I, I just sort of, I, I lack the, the cosmic ability to, to, to regenerate myself into whatever shape I wish, which, <laughs> which would be handy.
0: And Not permanently. You you know for the listeners who obviously can't see the the horror that i'm gazing at at the moment if you put the doctor next to the brundle fly is the looker let's just put it that way um what what have i
1: been on? oh go on doc no um i was going to say i mean that um there's a good reason that that, that hp lovecraft um sort of always introduced his um his monsters um with a sentence to the effect that the horror that him that, that, that met his eyes was utterly indescribable and then <laughs> went on to describe it um.
0: <laughs> you you are, you are a ghastly you're a ghastly sight and you know a, 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 please please dear listener do not try to set eyes on this foul beast for you shall regret it um, <laughs> <laughs> you will go mad Um... What have I been up to, Doc? I have returned to Old Blighty, as it happens. Um, I took a flight from France and arrived back in in England a couple of days ago. It's good to reacquaint yourself with some familiar smells, isn't it? Smells and sights. you know, just the, the 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 smell of grease in the street, you know, wafting through the through the streets is is remarkable. Actually, when you've been absent for a while, you you do forget how much we like to deep fry stuff.
1: Oh, definitely. Mm. Um. I haven't been in the West Midlands for um, a few weeks now. Since since that regrettable incident in um, in uh, West Bromwich uh, mm-hmm. with your overturned truck of entrails, um, I, I I felt it need needful to to absent myself from the West Midlands for a little while. You just lay low, um,
0: lay low for a bit.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm mean, um, in in between the the uh, the abandoned funfair in Utoxeter and now the the oil rig in the North Sea. I was unfortunate enough i i I needed to have a functional nose um Mm -hmm. for that expedition into west bromwich if you remember to 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 track down the uh, the smell of blood Um, but um you know I, I, i kind of regret not having that nose anymore um because the the fresh salt breeze um and probably the the smell of fish um might be quite pleasant first thing in the morning absolutely very relaxing um um, Let's move on to some corrections, shall we?
0: Good doctor. Um, now, we were talking, were we not, about distinctive or important bass players in the metal genre. And we I don't think we did a very good job, actually, uh, of, of mentioning some of these guys that are pretty important. Um, I'm going to hit you with a couple of names that that you gave me earlier, and then I'm going to make a little correction for you, for you actually, Doc, on the fly. Um, You
1: mentioned Lemmy, of course. Tell about Lemmy, Doc. Well, So, so, um, how how can you compress the life of the great man um, Mm. into a few sentences? Mm -hmm. Um, Frontman of Motorhead, obviously, bass player, and I'm not going to say singer, bass player and vocalist Mm -hmm. with Motorhead. Mm and who is obviously um, enough of a bass player to have uh, acquired his chops um, as uh, as a member of Hawkwind. Of course, um, yeah. And progressive rock bands in general are not known for hiring poor musicians. No. Nope. Um, so it's reasonable to assume that the, the man can play his bass. Um, as to whether he ever chooses to do so in Motorhead, but honestly, when you've got one bass line that goes dun 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 Absolutely. I what more do you need?
0: Enough's enough. Now, you also mentioned Cliff Burton, erstwhile bass player for Metallica before his untimely demise. What does that name mean to you?
1: As you know, I've never been a particular follower of Metallica. Um I don't know why Metallica have just never impacted on me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, I know plenty of people who love them to bits, um, but even as we'll will we'll say a non-fan. Um, I'm not a fan of Metallica, but um, Cliff Burton is sort of um, a name that, that that I knew somehow, and I also rather gather that um, he was considered really quite a good base player. Um, yeah. And that's it. So um, would, would you like to flesh that out a bit?
0: Well, certainly. I, I think one of, one of the reasons he's held in such high esteem. Well, I think his early death doesn't hurt him because it means that he was not in any way involved in, you know, some of the uh, releases that, 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 you know, that true fans don't approve of. Also, the fact that he played without a pick, so he played with his fingers... Um, in, you know, like it, it, you know, in a band that, I mean, they're not the fastest in the world, of course, Metallica, but, you know, they've got some pacey numbers and, he, you know, and he's, he's kind of uh, strumming along with his fingers is pretty impressive. Um, so I think those two factors really are what have really kind of given him his legacy. Also the fact that, you know, he, he in no way kind of followed the root notes and he really does add kind of a, like the bass melody underneath, um, mm-hmm. unlike most um, metal bass players, I would, or, or, you know, kind of extreme, um, metallic or extreme, I don't like putting that, those two words together, but, but you take you ta- my point.
1: Then, of course, we have to come to the next person, and I compounded with an error with an error. You did. Um, so first of all I omitted to mention him completely mm-hmm. and then when I did remember the man I was thinking of um, and I raised the subject with you um, I actually picked the wrong member of the band so Correct. obviously, I meant to say Giza Butler from Black Sabbath. Indeed
0: Giza yeah Giza Butler um, obviously you know Sabbath bass lines are legendary um, hugely influential fat I would say as well with a ph um yeah. you know especially considering you know the time these were recorded um yeah a, a great chat there doc i would say
1: definitely um so Geezer butler is i think in the tradition like the what you could call the the very last bit for several years at least um of the influence of um jazz on metal mm-hmm. um i think his background as a a jazz bass player um, really, really sticks out a mile. Yeah. Um, and um, as as a composer, um, and as a, a definitely at least a one fifth or one quarter contributor um, to the overall Black Sabbath sound. Um, the more you think about it, and uh, I know Black Sabbath are arguably just as popular after the classic lineup broke up a little.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think they're one of those definitive bands where um, you you can't re- you, you can't remove even one member of Black Sabbath and have a band that's even remotely the same.
0: No, no, they are. They're, they're kind of more than the sum of their parts, aren't they? So if, if you remove one of those parts, you cause yourself problems.
1: Definitely, I would say. Um, so, um, could were you able to think of any other um, important? influential, standout, metal-based players. No, I, I, I think you got the ones who, I,
0: I did think of Cliff Burton and I thought of Geezer. Um, yeah, so, so you, you,
1: you you caught the ones that I missed as well. Listeners should note, we're leaving out um, a huge swath um, of metal, which is the... Uh, so a minute or two ago, I said that sap well, Geezer's playing was the last time that metal was really influenced by jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of outre and experimental music return to metal. Um, I think probably in the two thousands. Um, I think spearheaded by some of my, um, Mike Patton's side projects.
0: Oh sure, Phantomas would be and Tomahawk would be the two that come to mind. And
1: Mr. Bungle too. Oh, of
0: course, yes, yeah. so, yes, that will uh, get my mind. Yeah, good, yeah, good chat.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, I, I think beginning with that stuff and. We mustn't neglect the huge influence of Primus as well. Mm, mm, um, mm. I think a, a, a lot of experimental music began feeding back into metal, um, which placed a much greater emphasis on 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 bass playing. Um,
0: yeah, and also we, if we think about the you know the the more technical death metal kind of stuff, especially when you get into you know, you know, bands like Art spire which, you know, where, where they're, I mean, they're playing, it's just superhuman, um, no way those bass players aren't, uh, a cut above most other human beings, I would say.
1: Yeah, um, um, since I mentioned Primus, uh, there's a real oddity, a real outlier, which is by no means a band I particularly enjoy listening to, mm. um, uh, but, um, uh, I think we we, we should probably uh, give an honourable mention to Nasty Savage at this point. <laughs> nasty Savage, yeah, yeah. Would it be fair to say have to be heard to be believed? Yeah, it it, it 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 they're a curio,
0: um, and then obviously I mean and the the, the the ridiculous name just you you can't help uh, you can't help but chuckle at nasty sandwich. Um, I think actually, Doc, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a, an executive decision here on the fly. I think that that, that can that's sufficient for our topic for this week. Um, our discussion of that's metal-based different. players. I think we, we we don't want to over-egg the pudding. Um, now, as mentioned earlier, this episode is going to be a little bit different because we're going to do kind of an, a brief overview of the EP we've just finished listening to. And then we're going to get into some covers of the tracks, the three tracks from that EP. Are we ready for that, Doc?
1: Absolutely, I am, yeah. yeah.
0: Welcome to part two of the podcast. Um, Unusually this week, we won't be listening to a new track. Instead, we're going to do the overview. So shall I hit you with some stats, Doc? Please do. Here we go. So obviously, Haunting the Chapel has three songs, Chemical Warfare, Capture of Sin and Haunting the Chapel. Now, let's look at the scores, shall we? Uh, Chemical Warfare, you gave seven and I gave... 10. I absolutely loved it. Capture of Sin, you gave five, and I gave six. So that was obviously very middling for both of us, not one that grabbed us particularly. And then the title track, Haunting the Chapel. We both gave a pretty generous eight out of ten. Um yeah, so pretty good scores, really. For out of three, you know, out of three
1: tracks, that's that's a pretty good average. Yes, it is. It is. Um, um are you able to uh, pull up off the top of your head how that compares for the uh, to, to the uh, the mode oblique stroke mean average um, for the whole entire first album? I can I tell you... That... Oh, go on. Sorry, Doc. Go on. I was going to say, I think that probably comes up a little bit higher than the first album on average, does it not?
0: You're absolutely right. So um, for Shona Mercy, you, Good Doctor, gave an average score of 6.2, whereas for Haunting the Chapel, you've given... Fabulously, an average score of 6.66, which we love.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, um, <laughs> I'm sure you did that deliberately. Um,
1: no, that, malign forces <laughs> were at work.
0: <laughs> and I gave an average score for Show No Mercy of 6.7, and for Haunting the Chapel, he got an average for me of 8. Obviously, that score dragged up massively by the 10 out of 10 on a three-track EP, Um so, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Pretty impressive, I think. Obviously, the, the you know, the one that stands out as being our least favourite is Capture of Sin. But I think even that we didn't think was bad, did we, Doc?
1: No, um, it, it's, it's by no means a bad track. Um, <clears throat> and I was thinking about it afterwards. I don't think there's a three or four track EP that I own um, where the middle track isn't markedly less important or of markedly lower quality yeah Um, yeah interesting positioning so you think that they know it's a bit of
0: a i mean dud's the wrong word but they know it's the weakest one so they just kind of put it in the in in the good sandwich
1: yeah um put it in the middle um so i've been sort of had, had my expectations confounded once again um going all the way back to the very beginning of this project I expected to find the whole entire first album to be um, some, some, some pretty pungent, dirty damn. Um, yeah. I I expected it to be pretty damn cheesy. Mm. Um, I expected this um, to be very much a transitory thing towards um, proto-archetypal pro, proto, um, Slayer. Yeah. Um, but... Everything I'm listening to during the course of this project is causing me to revise my opinions. The first album had considerably more components of thrash and considerably more components of real Slayer than I expected it to have. Mm -hmm. This EP had less. Um, Mm. This EP is almost kind of um, a a style in its own right. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, I'd be fascinated to know um, when they were compositing this EP or putting it together, were there any tracks they left on the cutting room floor or were there any tracks they recorded and which didn't make the cut? Yeah. What tracks they were, um, whether they were reworked, recycled, made into new tracks, yeah. um, whether they eventually ended up even on album number two. Mm-hmm. Because e- EPs are such curious beasts. Um And very, very unusual in metal. Uh, We spent a long time last week discussing how this thing was um, very, very, very unavailable, very, very difficult to hear um, for a long time. Um, If you had um, ended up forking over a lot of money for this, by which I don't mean 120 quid, because no three-track EP is worth 120 quid, Mm. Um, and you're an idiot if you pay 120 pounds for any three-track EP... Yeah, but if you'd ended up paying a lot of money, as in twenty or twenty-five pounds for this, um, would you have considered it money worth spent?
0: I mean, that's a great question. I I think, in terms of the quality of the songs, I probably would. Um, You know, because I think they stand up against anything that they put out on their, you know, on these early albums. so I, th- I think, from that regard, yes. But but I, I I tend to agree with you. I just don't I just don't, I don't, I just don't think an EP, a three track EP, what with a runtime of thirteen minutes, fourteen minutes, no chance that's worth yep. five quid. You know, it's just it's just not value for money, is it? You know, it, in a really boring, mundane kind of day to day kind of sentence, it's just not value for money. Um,
1: no, I mean. Uh, I'm sort of very influenced by um, my being brought up in, in, in the indie pop tradition, which mm. hewed very much to, um, you should pay £1 per song. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds reasonable, um, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Um, so you price a eight or nine track LP at 8 or £9. Pounds. You price a two track single at £2. Pounds.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and there's... No matter what inflation does um, and no, no matter what my personal wherewithal does, there's that's embedded so deeply into a part of my music buying economics mm-hmm. um, that if people try and charge me more than £1 per song, no, of course, this does not apply to yes, and it does not apply to um, whichever... Um, Oh, it, it, it's 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 uh, hot buttered soul by Isaac Hayes, which also only has four tracks um, mm-hmm. on a double album. I'm thinking, um, I'm, I'm
0: thinking, Crimson by Edge of Sanity, which has one song, forty five
1: minutes. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll 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 warp our economics out of shape mm-hmm. um, a little bit for that. But for a genre of music that delivers tracks between one and four minutes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's it's just so deeply ingrained in me. Um, and uh, no I mean 25 pounds would be too much to pay for one EP no matter how much of a historical curio it is it's got great songs on it but it doesn't contain any blinding revelations which I was expecting about how Slayer got from this thing over here album one to this this thing over here album Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. um I, th- I think chemical um, war I think chemical warfare goes some, some some way
0: towards that you know it's definitely the it's definitely the most full-on thrash assault they've done so far
1: it is and then but oddly enough it it orphans a style um almost it, it creates a whole entire new style for slayer yeah um, and it's a style and it's a style they never pick up again no mm-hmm. um, I would, I would the, say
0: the closest um I mean, obviously, Ghosts of War is is its natural uh, sequel. Um, But I I would say the closest they get to this sound again, really. It's a slower song, but it's something like uh, Skeletons of Society from Seasons, um, which obviously we'll come to in a few albums' time.
1: Sure. Um, I think this is worth mentioning at the moment. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Seasons in the Abyss was disliked quite a lot on its release.
0: No, you're thinking of South of Heaven, I think, sir. Not. um yeah south, south of heaven was the one that was that would uh, that, that, that was that was panned a little bit when it first came out but that's just because it was it, it was the 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 follow up to Reign in blood you know how do you follow that and the way that they followed it was by kind of reversing the style and really slowing down um right and so of course you know so of course the full on thrash heads thought that you know they'd sold out etc you know um but, but i think retrospectively it is it is considered a classic you know it's one of their it's one of their big four
1: so um that um actually completely invalidates the next thing i was going to say um so i shan't say it <laughs> and with that doc
0: should we um, move on to the uh to the unless you have something further to add to the overview but if, for me everything is so recent it, um, it's almost like echo, like an echo before i say it again
1: sure um, I don't really want to drag you over repeating yourself. Um, i probably do that enough for both of us. Um, it's only been um, a little short while since we finished listening to all the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even like it was nine weeks ago that we listened to the first one. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, in some, um, it's a really great record. It's got some really great songs on it. Um, yeah. It didn't provide me yeah. with the blinding revelation um, that I was expecting. Um, it didn't sort of fill in any sort of archaeologists' missing link where you, you've, you've got a fossil over here, um, and then you've got a fossil over here, and as far as the fossil record shows, there's too much evolution mm. gone on between mm. the two pieces of the fossil record, mm-hmm. and you know you must be missing something. and It, it, it didn't provide that that sort of missing link. Mm. Um, for me what surprised me about it is that effectively they appeared to invent three new styles and then abandon them almost immediately <laughs> although from what you've said maybe they got picked up later
0: yeah I, 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 I think the tendrils extend further than you than you think at this point in time doc um for me Pretty sure it for me it was you know as you say you know three three good songs well i think what two, i think two great songs actually and one decent song um i, I feel it, it it does serve as more of a transition than than, than the, than the doctors I, I can i can see the evolution from "Show No mercy to hell awaits here taking place um i really appreciated the the, the better production on the on the first and the third track um yeah, I've really, really enjoyed listening to it. Glad I didn't spend 120 pounds on it back in the day, but really enjoy listening to it now. Should we press on? Hello and welcome to part three of this Haunting the Chapel overview and cover special. And this is where we're going to actually start to listen to different bands recording the three tracks that we've already heard so track one doc of course chemical warfare and we're going to listen to a band fabulously called blood recuted you ready doc (laughs) i am Swedish sounding guitar, I've got to say I like that a
1: lot Mate, It just brings to mind Dismember Well the, the, the whole thing rolls a lot doesn't it It's, it's, it's got some rolling Swedish guitar It's got some uh, rolling double bass in it Yeah, they're going for it <laughs>
0: He's not got Tom's range, has he? I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but he doesn't have Tom's range.
1: Um, no, I mean, uh, we're definitely in the um, gargling paint stripper yeah. spectrum of vocals here, aren't we?
0: Yeah. I, I, I think uh, what he does as a vocalist is he, he, he figures out what, what, the, what the top note in the song is and the bottom note, and then he just pitches it smack in the middle, and he's just going to stay yes. there no matter what.
1: Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you, it's a style of vocals that I, I've, um, I've got a lot of time for, I've, uh, I've got a lot of, um, affection is the wrong word, yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of affection for. Um, I don't mind it, I don't mind it. Please continue. First impressions, Doc? Blood recuted? So, it's it's a cover of Chemical Warfare. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really like the the Scandinavication um, of it. It's got some bits from later metal um, that I don't think sound like they're crowbarred in unwantedly or unneededly. I think they actually add something to the track. Do you want some? Do you want some some details about Blood Recruited while we're here? Yes, please. Here we go. Blood
0: Recruited. They're from Belgium. Actually, they're not Scandinavian, surprisingly, but obviously they're they're ripping that sound. Um, they they they're split up. Unfortunately, they their first full length album came out in twenty thirteen. Then another in twenty fifteen, and another in twenty seventeen. Um, Reviews I'm looking at eighty percent, sixty-five. Well, oh, you know, re- reasonably, reasonably popular. What are the um, lyrical themes? Right. What are the lyrical yes, themes? Yes, I forgot that, didn't I? Oh, they're not there, unfortunately. It says not applicable, so obviously there's not enough information for the database <laughs> to pick up on it. They have no lyrical themes apparently. Not even darkness or evil. <laughs> But no, Belgium, which is a bit a bit of a surprise. But although Belgium have had a bit of um, a renaissance recently, I suppose Belfagore being the, the the best example. And if you haven't heard Belfagore doc, get those motherfuckers down your neck. Should we should we should we listen to a little bit more? <laughs> I don't think much is going to change here, Doc. Shall I skip forward a little bit and see if we can get into one of the transitional periods? Yes, please. Here we go. the boys can play can't they and it's a a decent cover isn't it very very enjoyable you know they've kind of put it into a different style a little bit
1: yeah um i've got no complaints with it i would be very very happy to have that on a a compilation tape such as my friends used to make for me to um uh to 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 chill in the jeep um with um when i when when i park my jeep on the beach yeah um, of course on those hot summer evenings, mm. and um, I, I, I I can't remember uh, what number the Summer Swing series of compilation tapes went up to, um, but you know, the, there's there's nothing like um, watching the sun go down and and, and just chilling um, <laughs> in the beautiful summer weather um, <laughs> whilst listening to um, which find a general or Sabbath, um, absolutely a bit of rotting Christ as the sun goes <laughs> down, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why um, not? I've got a tiny factlet here, um, which is nothing to do with metal at all, but just because you said the word belphegor, mm-hmm. and I had to bring up the only other context in which I know the word belphegor, um, apart from being a legendary Russian demon, uh-huh. um, belphegor is also the name of um, one of the most oddly conceived pieces of machinery, I think, in engineering history. It was a Soviet agricultural jet-powered biplane.
0: Right. Now,
1: one of the advantages of a biplane is because it's got so much wing area, you can make a biplane that flies very, very slowly and carries a very high weight. One of the advantages of jet engine is that you can make an aeroplane that flies very, very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if it occurs to you that putting the same things in the same piece of equipment um, might be a bit of a contradiction and might not work out very well, well, you would be completely correct. And it's just well known for... Um, being one of the ugliest aeroplanes that was ever made, um, being one of the most impractical and fuel-inefficient aeroplanes that was ever made, and also, I presume, which is how it came by its name, um, being one of the noisiest aeroplanes that was ever made. <laughs> I think that's enough of uh, blood recuted. I don't know about you, Doc. I mean... it it's not adding a great deal to what we are. It, it's 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 a nice straight cover, uh, like mm-hmm. you said. It adds some bits and sp- it adds some stylistic bits and pieces here and there. But I mean, it, it hasn't changed the way I think about the track, honestly. No. So let's move on.
0: And saying that, this next track, you might have guessed it. It's not an Gate song. This next song is
1: called Capture of Sin.
0: Did you catch the band name there when he introduced it, Duck? That would be At the Gates, I believe. At the Gates. Good man. Nice and chunky, but the sounds a bit the, the sounds a bit thin. But, but, but I think that's just because it's like a bootleg uh, live version,
1: unfortunately. Oh, sure. I mean, you imagine it was done with a, a pocket recorder in, in in probably in someone's pocket. Oh no, it's it, it, it's a bit better than that. This looks like somebody's
0: got something, you know, like a, a smartphone basically, um, okay. holding it aloft. You know, because you know now now at gigs doc, you know, you don't have to hide the fact you're filming it because everybody's fucking filming everything.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it it, 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 it is it is out of control. I mean, it, it, you know, if if, if, if you are a video pirate in the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties, you must look at this absolutely horrified. <laughs> is very very faithful isn't it you know they're not really trying to do anything different here
1: no and something i'm a little bit surprised and frankly disappointed about is they're not even at the gate singing it up very much no no that i I expected this to be much much faster to be honest yeah um i think I think it's lost the distinctive slayerness of the track, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's acquired any distinctive At the Gatesness of the track. They're sort of two of the most distinctive sounding bands I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know an At the Gates track when you hear one, and my goodness me, do you know a Slayer track when you hear one? Sure. And it would be really, really interesting if At the Gates had taken on Slayer earnestly um but i i think they're a little bit too in awe of the source material there well th- th- that was exactly what
0: i was about to ask you doc do you think this is a bit of, of hero worship where they, where they you know where they, they almost feel reluctant to you know to um alter the raw ingredients in any way
1: yes i do um, yeah and i if they it's their show if they want to do it um, if they want to play a Slayer track which they loved when they were coming up, um, then obviously I've got no problem with that. I can't really take anything away from it. No. Um, I kind of think that the only justification for doing a cover version, really, um, is pretty much the same as the justification for remaking a movie. If you can bring something different um, to the version that you're playing, yeah. ideally play it in a wholly different style. Sure. um or correct a big mistake that was present on the original I, I, I'm sort of struggling to see the point no.
0: um, I'm, I'm on the same page doc I, I, I don't know I don't know why they bothered to be honest um
1: presumably because they wanted to Yeah,
0: it's, um, it's, and it's fun it's, yeah, it's, it's fun and, and that's fine but for me leave that in the uh, you know leave that in the in the, in the uh, recording in in the, in the rehearsal room you know. what you know i i I don't see what any slayer fans are going to get out of this i don't see what any at the gates fans are going to get out of it so what's the point practice it play for fun
1: just leave it there yeah i i I think it's really really worth bringing up at this point um i was almost uh, about to add um and crack it out at the live show for a bit of fun but that's actually clearly what they did. That's what um, they're doing. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, maybe maybe that maybe that's the reason. I've had enough of that one, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is the one I was I'll be honest with you, this is the one I've been looking forward to the most, just because it sounds the most intriguing. Blood recuted. I hadn't heard them before, but I kind of guessed what they would sound like. So that, that so that wasn't a shock. Of course, at the gates, we you know everybody knows what that sounds like. Now, here we have a band called 1349 doing the track Haunting the Chapel. I have no idea who these guys are. You ready, Doc? I am. found some scandinavian black metal
1: yeah um i really really loved that gurgly bit of vocals (laughs) um, right um i know i have a lot more patience with um primitive black metal um than you have Well, this isn't primitive
0: though is it this isn't primitive this is far too the guitars are far too chunky The, the, the the stuff that causes me problems is the guitar that sounds like you know like like, like, some, like something hissing through like a vent that should that should be open
1: more correctly um, <laughs> yeah absolutely it, it, i i know it's the um, the, the, the hair dry guitars and the yeah. um uh, That's what i don't it, like um, and the production on the drums that sound like um, when you're moving into a new house and trying to carry a cardboard box that's too heavy up the stairs and you drop the cardboard box down the stairs.
0: <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got no issue with well-produced, kind of, you know, well-produced melodic black metal, far. You know, um, obviously Dimmu Borgir, yeah, Old Man's Child, these kind of these kind of bands, no problem. Dissection, you know, not a problem for me. Um, but uh, maybe Dissection not black metal, but um, but that, that 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 hideous. Like you're, you're trying to listen to music in the middle of a blizzard. No, no, thanks. No, no, not for me. <laughs>
1: the good isn't it um it's a really good cover version yeah um i'm gonna sort of it's pretty much the inverse of what i said about the last one it does do something new with the track it does uh infuse it with a new style i i think it 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 pays tribute to the original um Mm -hmm. and also takes it to a new place as well Mm -hmm. um what do you think
0: I, I totally agree. I, I, I like the change of the style, but it doesn't um, render the original kind of incomprehensible in the mix. In, in 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 the mixture, it it still sounds like the same song. Um, I really really like his, his vocal style. You know, just, you know, just enough gurgle, doc. Just enough gurgle. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really uh, enjoy. Yeah. yeah, it's good, man. let press on. <laughs> Curious about how, how they're going to handle it when it goes fast.
1: Definitely, shall you know. we find out?
0: I think the answer is they're going to they're going to handle it just fine. Um, Definitely, I think the the, the the production is solid enough that you know that. My concern was, when it went fast, suddenly suddenly it was going to get all reedy and thin, the
1: sound. But that has not happened. Interesting. I didn't think it was going to go reedy and thin. I thought it was going to suffer from the classic band that isn't used to playing fast, tries to play fast problem. Yeah. Which is um, the drums turn into gallopy-gallopy horses. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of going biff-boff, 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 they go bubbity-bubbity-bubbity-bubbity. Yeah, yeah. and um, particularly when there's two guitar parts the guitar players can't quite keep in sync can't quite keep in unison with each other Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can hear Um, it I was pretty convinced that was going to happen and it didn't so yeah good stuff yeah (laughs)
0: I think they play this they play this song approximately 45 seconds faster than slayer good lord now i mean unless they've cut something out and, and, and they've just done it so fluidly that we don't notice that's that's, that, that, that's an impressive markup on pace isn't it
1: yeah I mean it's it's about a, a 20% speed increase you'd say wouldn't you
0: Yeah yeah exactly and but not necessarily noticed noticeable it doesn't suddenly seem like it's too fast does it it, it seems perfectly
1: in keeping Yeah I mean I, I I think if you were to count the bpm you'd say that was probably like standard fast slayer speed mm-hmm, I agree <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, and that's how you end the song, blimey. Yeah, I was yep. very, very, very impressed by 1344, 1349. Here's some facts for you, Doc. 1349, these are uh, Norwegian. Um, they play black metal, which is no surprise. Um, their first release was in... Their, well, their first full release was in 2003, and they're still going strong in, in 2019. They've pumped out seven full-length recordings. And Good going, The all-important lyrical themes. Here we go. (laughs) You're going to like these ones, Doc. Anti-religion. Apocalypse. Darkness. Yes. They do darkness, mate. Good for them.
1: Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Absolutely sensational. I also demand something of you, um, that uh, when we get round to opening our merchandise line, Mm -hmm. uh, our Slatanic Vercast merchandise line, um, I think we should make a T-shirt with... Um, just enough gurgle. <laughs> you, you like that line, did you? Just, yes. just enough gurgle. Yeah, it's important. Um, um,
0: go on, Doc. We, we, we both said um uh, and then like we we're going to say something.
1: Yeah, um, and um, I think we should make it available in black with white writing, quite obviously. Mm-hmm. And I also think we should make it available in pastel pink. Oh, beautiful! I, I've got no, I've got no problem with that at all. Um, um, but the phrase, just enough gurgle <laughs> to be on a T-shirt.
0: I've got no more material for today's episode, Doc. That's the end of the tracks. Uh, I think we've had some fun overviewing the, the the original EP. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to those songs, particularly that last one, which I thought was great. Um, anything further to add, or do we,
1: do we call in a night? Um, at the risk of boring um, our long-suffering viewers too much, I mean... Um, we've got a whole entire new album um, mm-hmm. to start in the next podcast. Um, I have a suspicion the verbage will flow. Yeah. Uh, so we'll 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 give everyone um, a bit of a respite. This evening. Yeah. I um, think so.
0: I think we will. We, we, we we've still come in about the hour mark, so no problem there. Very good. I would say. Um,
1: fine. So let's wind up and say night night to everybody.
0: So that does it. Um, Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slaytanicverkast at gmail.com. So join us both next time when we will be discussing the first track from Slayer's sophomore full-length release. The track is called Hell Awaits. See you then, guys.
1: Bye-bye.